You're listening to The Frankie Files Second Tuesday Show on Sexuality and Society. This is Sarah Tasneem from Sarah Tasneem Advocacy, also found on SF Tasneem at Twitter and Sarah Tasneem Advocacy on Facebook. You're listening to The Frankie Files Second Tuesday Show on Sexuality and Society. The Frankie Files. Cults, coercion, and sexuality in society. These are the topics for The Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tease, your host, and I'll continue to focus on my own family story as well as news and recovery info for those who've survived, especially the adult children of cults. New each Tuesday. See FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more. Trigger warning. Some people may find topics discussed in this episode difficult. Please proceed with caution. The Morningland Papers is a segment of Frankie Files Podcast brought to you by Frankie Teens. Morningland, 50 Years of Cult. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 67 of Frankie Files Podcast. We're going to go ahead and do another addition to the Morningland Papers. Today I have a Morningland Long Beach cult story from what I would call a peer to me at the time of his exit. Steve Ryan is a man who survived the particular torture of sexual disorientation in Morningland. Translation, they mess with your head and your sexual orientation for purpose of control under the guise that it is the best thing for you spiritually. That's not new. Christianity does it all the time. But his story is so well written that um, due to his busy traveling lifestyle as a retiree, who's also married, couldn't nail him down. We had an amazing session due to technical errors. The file was corrupted to the point of disrepair. I hate when this happens, and it's very rare for uh, the show, thank goodness. He gave me permission to read his very well-crafted Morningland story. All is revealed by him there. The ups, the downs, the exit, and the subsequent coming together with other survivors at the time. So I'm super happy to bring the story of Steve Ryan, who was named Mon Rousson, at the temple. He arrived at Long Beach Temple in 1977 and left there in 1984. Here we go. I entered Morningland in Long Beach at the age of 20 in 1977 and left in 1984 complete with PTSD. I was invited by a friend I'd lost touch with to a festival of light, a type of fair happening at Spiritual Center called Morningland, happening in their Long Beach Temple parking lot. I'd never heard of Morningland. It sounded interesting. My friend explained it was a spiritual place, accepting of gays and lesbians. Being gay, I was intrigued. At the fair, there were gopis, the female leaders of this community, and assistant disciples performing astrology, palmistry, numerology, aura, and other types of readings. They were claimed to be telepathic, from a higher realm than the psychic realm. The atmosphere was pleasant. 
everyone wearing hippie-like clothing, and all we with headbands made of beads, feathers, and jewels. All members were relaxed and helpful and quite comfortable to be around. The music that the wandering minstrels played was great. A pleasant surprise was I could sense. There indeed were a few gay and lesbian disciples at this fair. I had a palmistry reading from Gopi Aria, which was quite accurate for what it's worth. I bought an ohm ring made by the Morningland Alchemist and a book called The Way to Oneness by the founder, the Master Donato. Most everyone in Morningland had spiritual names. Donato, who had recently died, was purportedly the tenth and final descendant of the Holy Father. His twin flame and soulmate was Gopi Sri Patricia, aka Shri. She was mainly stationed at another temple in Escondido with four other gopis. The other five gopis were stationed at the Long Beach Temple. Aside from running the two temples, the gopis held speaking engagements around Los Angeles, Riverside, and San Diego counties in Southern California. This introduced a lot of people to Morningland. At the speaking engagements, Shri was pretty much the center of attention, along with the music, readings, and healings the gopis would do. Many members in Morningland came from these speaking engagements. In Morningland's height, they probably counted as many as a couple thousand disciples and even more aspirants. The overall philosophy of Morningland is we are all one. To Morningland Disciple members, it was broader. Morningland is the final plan to rescue 144,000 incarnated light bearers mentioned in the Bible, and there would be no further attempts at rescuing these 144,000 as time was up for this planet. Being in oneness with Donato, disciples developed their spiritual bodies so they could make their ascensions when they died. I began taking evening classes right away. I wanted to absorb as much of this interesting place as I could. Eventually, I had an appointment for a private 60-minute astrology reading with Gopi Tanin. She pointed out that my astrology chart showed I had both gay and straight tendencies. She explained my soulmate might be female, but she couldn't be certain. I should look around the ashram and be open to dating women for a while. She explained I should inform her before asking anyone out in case they were already dating. She made it clear I could not be sitting on the fence in this matter for long without dire spiritual consequences. I later learned this term meant no bisexuality. You're either straight or gay. Trans people were not accepted as they were in denial of the body the Holy Father had assigned to them. And bisexuals were fence-sitting and needed to make a choice and stick to it. So much for we are all one. I knew I was gay. Maybe in time women would seem sexually attractive? I had no idea. I didn't question Gopi Tanin further on this. The entire reading was intriguing, much of it seemingly accurate. I asked Gobi Tanin for discipleship in this reading and was accepted. I began to spend all my free time at Morningland. I became more and more dedicated. I'd do anything I was asked. Clean, cook, help with garage sales, steal roses from neighbors for the altar, assist in teaching classes, child sit the children during Sunday services, anything for the plan. I eventually met Shri in Long Beach while I was walking with Gopi Tanin. Shri stopped and said to her in all seriousness, keep this one close, this one special, end quote. And then she floated away. 
This is when the more serious discipleship grooming began. While assisting in a oneness class, I met a female aspirant named Anne. With permission from Tanine, we started dating and eventually married in September of 1979. A few months after our marriage, I had a vasectomy. This was expected of all serious male disciples. Having a vasectomy was beneficial in a couple of ways. It sped up our building our circuitry, higher spiritual body, one with Donato, and we should not be bringing in more incarnate souls as the time on the planet was nearly up. Also, we should be rescuing these trapped souls from the astral plane where they were trapped as we disciples made our own ascensions back to the Holy Father. There was not enough time for these trapped souls to reincarnate and develop their own circuitry. Furthermore, having children called reflections not children in Morningland were considered a distraction to a disciple's growth. Unless you already had children or even pets, it was highly discouraged during the time I was in Morningland. There weren't any disciple parents in Morningland, only donors and carriers. All disciples were expected to care for the children in Morningland in some capacity. Though Anne and I had pretty good sexual relationships, I still had sexual desires for men. I hoped, expected even, that eventually my desires would fade away. They did not. In Morningland, all disciples were focused on uncovering their life-altering healings by Donato. We needed to be able to scream it from the rooftops. We were required to know our healings and share them publicly. If we didn't know our healings, we were not serious about our discipleship. And we were expected to bring in at least 10 aspirants that made it to discipleship or we were failing Donato and our higher selves. Shree pointed out my main healing was unique in that I was not trapped in my human form's sexual preference. And I was able to find my soulmate that had incarnated in female form, contrary to my human nature that I'd risen above. This became more and more embellished as time went on. One of my closest friends in Morningland was a gay man named Steve. We were sent on several missions to go out in public and hook for Christ, meaning going out to gay bars, churches, and hangouts, and bringing people into Morningland. Steve was eventually elevated to the Order of Comacy, the highest-ranking male order in the ashram at that time. Now I hear it's Lama for men akin to the female order of Gopi. Gopis, Kamasis, the daughters of Isis, two identical twin sisters, and a few others were all members of what was called the Council, or Inner Circle. Even though Steve and I were suddenly in different orders, we were to continue going out to hook for Christ. Steve shared with me how he'd get high with others in the Inner Circle and assigned to other Kamasis to have sex with. It frustrated him. It was all done to raise their kundalini and to build their circuitry to get closer to the master Donato. No one outside the council were to be aware of this. None of this surprised or bothered me. Steve knew that as well. I was saved through all my personal chats with Shri privately and sometimes even with Steve present. It was all hinted at anyway. Tree explained the other disciples simply were not developed enough to understand or handle knowing these things. Steve eventually left Morningland, just up and disappeared. I had no idea as to why, other than I knew he didn't want to be having sex with certain comasies. We lost touch from that moment until I left too. 
One of Morningland's most popular sayings was, Out of sight, out of mind, and don't let the door hit you in the ass when you leave. Disciples were not to linger on thinking about anyone who left, and instead to focus on their own growth. Forget about the past. Live in the now. This included if they were family members or close friends. The things Shri and others in the council would say about Steve after he left were horrible. He'll just die from AIDS now that he's gone over to the dark side, quote. They'd speak like this about many ex-disciples. Only the council were permitted to backbite talk like this. Eventually, I was initiated out of the order of Chela and into a higher order, Lama, which consisted of just ten men. We were one of the groups of the outer circle that worked closely with the council. A few months after my move, I found my constant proximity to and isolation with these ten other men was too distracting for me. I was becoming more and more frustrated, and my relationship with Anne was suffering. Another Lama and I flirted often and nearly led us to having sexual relations, but we didn't. Too dangerous. One weekend in 1984, I was with all the other Lamas and a few council members at an all-male retreat up in Crestline, a morning land property up in San Bernardino Mountains. It was on the way back to Long Beach that I was determined I had to have my marriage dissolved. Something had to give. Shri must be aware of my predicament. And if she said I was out, then I was out. The Frankie Files. There's no divorce in Morningland unless someone leaves and the other stays. Anything was better than the suffering. I was ready to evolve further in Morningland or move on in the world. I simply couldn't take the charade any longer. I was the managing auditor at a hotel working mainly the afternoon shifts, 3 to 11. I always arrived late to my Lama class, directed by Shri and other council members. One night I entered my class and sat on the floor next to Shri. When eventually there was a break in the discussion, Shri turned to me and asked how my work shift went. What had I learned today? I took a deep breath and blurted out that I needed to be released from my marriage vows because we were not sexually compatible, as I was truly only sexually attracted to men. You may know that moment when you're at a dentist and you're given nitrous oxide, or when you've hyperventilated and are about to pass out, or when you stand up too quickly, where everything visually starts to take on a fuzzy sheen. Your hearing starts to get all buzzy, like you'll pass out any second. That's what that moment was like. I could hear Shri saying to the class things like, Ignore him. How quickly someone so high can fall so low. He learned nothing in all the years he's been here. We're removing his circuitry and he's but a ghost. I realized I was being shunned. I'd never seen this in Morningland before, let alone experience it. Class continued... And it was as if all sound was sucked out of the room. I was in a vacuum, feeling extremely dizzy and confused. Unable to follow what little I could make out being spoken in class, it seemed like an eternity. Class eventually ended, some staying behind, most leaving the room, no one daring to speak to me and vice versa. I drifted home, which was just across the street from the temple. Anne wasn't home. She'd been held back in another class 
to inform her not to speak to me when she got home. I later found out she was not told anything of what happened and to just trust in Shri. I'd done what I'd set out to do, yet I'd never seen anyone shunned before. Hundreds of former disciples I'd seen or known of escorted to the door, their discipleship medallion yanked off their necks and told to honor their vow of silence, never to speak of or contact Morningland again. That's not at all what happened to me, and I wasn't certain if I was never to return or just to lay low. Anne came home very late, slipping into bed without a word, getting up early, and slipping out of the house to go to Morningland without a word. I stayed away from Morningland during the day and went to work for my afternoon weekend shift. I returned home from work after 11 p.m. Anne was not at home, and just as the previous night and morning played out, so would this night. I didn't sleep and just lay in bed thinking, what do I do now? The next morning, Anne again got up early and went to the temple. My Sunday shift was 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. I decided I'd go to Sunday service that evening and get this over with, one way or the other. Either I would be let in or refused entry. I had no idea it was about to become even more complicated. I waited, watching out my front window as everyone gathered at the temple doors to enter. When the doors opened, I made my way over. Non-disciples and guests were being ushered to the parking lot area. Disciples, including myself, were brought inside and being seated in what was called the Dome Room, an ancillary building beside the temple proper, a large warehouse-like room. I was surprised I was let in. I spoke not a word and purposely steered clear from sitting near any other Lama or council members. It was obvious I was being shunned as no one would even make eye contact with me. Anne and several other arrived from another doorway. She sat in a seat far away from me, also not making eye contact. Class of sorts began. You could cut the air with a knife, being the atmosphere was so thick with dread. Next, disciples were being separated. You would go directly into the temple proper if your name was called. Anne's name was called. Mine was not. Those of us remaining were escorted to a, to a faraway room off the main street. The room was lit only by candlelight. No music, no incense. Silence. No one dared speak until asked. A council member summarily informed us that we were contaminating the pure disciples. Aspirants and guests, that we were not one with Shri, that we were not allowed to enter the temple until we became, quote, clear, that we were to listen and absorb what was being given us, that we were as new aspirants, and this was our oneness class, that if we were in relationships, we were to have no physical or verbal contact with our partners. And the same went for those disciples with roommates, that we were not to talk about Morningland with others, not even at our workplaces. We were told our class would resume on Tuesday and again on Thursday. We were to stay away from the temple except for attending class. We were dismissed from all our prior Morningland duties. We were not to come to the Sunday service. We were to arrive on time or not at all. If we did not come to class, we would be considered to have left Morningland. We were to spend the remainder of our time away from Morningland reflecting on what it meant to be aspirants of Donato the Christ, to get back on beam or leave.
We eventually were given the opportunity to speak. Two disciples saved themselves, got back on beam, and were ushered out. She paraded into our group several times, each with a solitary outer circle disciple. Shri and the disciple would stand just inside the doorway. Shri would whisper comments such as, quote, Can you smell the fear in here? What do you see? Don't be afraid to speak. We won't let any harm come to you. End quote. On and on. Just above a whisper so we'd all hear them. And of course, the disciple beside Shri would whisper their horrible visions. Then they'd both leave, and Shri would reappear with yet another. It was a sickening, mind-shattering night. I kept my mouth shut. I may have been sitting in that room, but I know I was no longer in mourning land. And I'd never suffer from that form of shaming again. I was now done with it, and I wouldn't give them the benefit of me leaving in a huff. I went home, went to bed, and came home very late. Next morning, Monday, Anne got up early and left for work. I got up, called my hotel, and set up an appointment to speak with the general manager. We met about an hour later. I told him that my wife and I were divorcing, and I was leaving Morningland, of which he was familiar, and asked if I could stay at the hotel until I'd made some stable arrangements. He suggested I stayed at the hotel for months if needed. That was not an issue. When I returned home from my afternoon shift... Anne, again, was not there. I went to bed and finally slept soundly. I don't remember Anne coming home. I realized I was unafraid of the choice I'd made when I woke up. I got up, made coffee, turned on the TV, and soon got up, dressed, and headed out the door. I wrote a simple farewell letter, placing it, my medallion, wedding ring, and other jewelry on the counter. I put what was mine in the car and went to my new hotel home. So what is my surmise? I believe Donato Sperato wanted to build a spiritual community. I believe he meant well. I believe he was a narcissist but believed what he taught others. I believe Shri, Patricia Diablo-Sperato, unfortunately was a narcissistic psychopath incapable of empathy emboldened by her charismatic abilities and others' obedience. I admit I am thankful she's dead and no longer able to create others in her image, though she accomplished this with a few disciples, and I'm thankful Morningland has dwindled to meager numbers. I'm certainly not canceling out my time in Morningland, as it was indeed an important part of my past filled with not just pain, but much love as well. That said, it is a dangerous cult, and it's impossible to see this while caught up in it. I've also dealt with debilitating PTSD caused during my time in Morningland, and with the help of a great therapist, have been able to cope with it. Rarely do I have PTSD episodes anymore. I'm in contact with many friends who've also left Morningland, and I'm in the 20th year of a wonderful marriage to a man I love and who loves me, living in both Canada and the U.S. and traveling the world. Morningland keeps changing names. It's now called the Monastery. The current leaders 
Fortunately, are not on the psychopathic charismatic par of Shri. They have difficulty growing their membership, from a cult that initially consisted of a couple thousand, now down to a cult of a meager few dozen. I admit, this is very pleasing. I hope my story helps others to make the choice to not get involved, and if they do, hopefully, might remember our stories as a reference that they can escape the clutches of this cult. Well, Steve, you know, anyone who is in Morningland ever will have flashbacks hearing your story. I did. And anyone considering Morningland Monastery, Morningland Community in Long Beach, California, or those who are living near the temple now, you can see the true nature of the leadership of Morningland. We thank Steve for sharing his story to add to the ongoing documentary we're doing called The Morningland Papers. See the public free playlist on Spotify called Morningland 50 Years Occult by going to frankiefilespodcast.com landing homepage. The link to hear the Morningland Papers is there for YouTube as well. Thank you for listening and to Steve Ryan for telling his story. And to all the listeners, keep critical thinking. <laughs>